Hello, and welcome to Fast Asleep. Thanks for again checking in with us. In our last episode, we read the first half of a Louisa May Alcott story. Louisa May Alcott was, as you know, a very gifted writer. But did you know that she was an abolitionist? Her childhood home in Massachusetts was one of many on the Underground Railroad, and Alcott served as a nurse during the Civil War. She wrote of her experience, My greatest pride is that I lived to know the brave men and women who did so much for the cause, and that I had a very small share in the war which put an end to a great wrong. Now, let's get to that conclusion of her Christmas tale. Tuck in and enjoy A Christmas Dream and How It Came True. Well, the spirit said, you have seen how we prepare for Christmas. Let me show you where we love best to send our good and happy gifts. He gave her his hand again. I know. I've seen ever so many, began Effie, thinking of her own Christmases. No, you have never seen what I will show you. Come away and remember what you see tonight. Like a flash, that bright world vanished, and Effie found herself in a part of the city she had never seen before. It was far away from the gayer places where every store was brilliant with lights and full of pretty things, and every house wore a festival air, while people hurried to and fro with merry greetings. It was down among the dingy streets where the poor lived and where there was no making ready for Christmas. Hungry women looked in at the shabby shops, longing to buy meat and bread, but empty pockets forbade it. And in many cold, dark chambers, little children huddled under the thick blankets, trying to forget their misery and sleep. No nice dinners filled the air with savory smells. No gay trees dropped toys and bonbons into eager hands. No little stockings hung in rows beside the chimney piece ready to be filled. No happy sounds of music, gay voices, and dancing feet were heard. And there were no signs of Christmas anywhere. Don't they have any in this place? asked Effie, shivering, as she held fast the spirit's hand, following where he led her. We come to bring it. Let me show you our best workers. And the spirit pointed to some sweet-faced men and women who came stealing into 
into the poor houses, working such beautiful miracles that Effie could only stand and watch. Some slipped money into the empty pockets and sent the happy mothers to buy all the comforts they needed. Fires were kindled on cold hearths. Tables spread as if by magic and warm clothes wrapped round shivering limbs. Flowers suddenly bloomed in the chambers of the sick. Old people found themselves remembered. Sad hearts were consoled by a tender word, and wicked ones softened by the story of one who forgave all sin. But the sweetest work was for the children, and Effie held her breath to watch these human fairies hang up and fill the little stockings without which a child's Christmas is not perfect putting in things that once she would have thought very humble presents, but which now seemed beautiful and precious because these poor babies had nothing. Oh, that is so beautiful. I wish I could make Merry Christmas as these good people do and be loved and thanked as they are, said Effie softly as she watched the busy men and women do their work and then steal away without thinking of any reward but their own satisfaction. You can, if you will. I have shown you the way. Try it and see how happy your own holiday will be afterward. As he spoke, The spirit seemed to put his arms about her and vanished with a kiss. Oh, stay and show me more, cried Effie, trying to hold him fast. Darling, (laughs) wake up and tell me why you are smiling in your sleep, said a voice in her ear. And opening her eyes, there was Mama bending over her and morning sunshine streaming into the room. Are they all gone? Did you hear the bells? Oh, wasn't it splendid? She asked, rubbing her eyes and looking about her for the pretty child who was so sweet and real. You have been dreaming at a great rate, talking in your sleep, laughing and clapping your hands as if you were cheering someone. Tell me what was so splendid, said Mama, smoothing the tumbled hair and lifting up the sleepy head. And then while she was being dressed, Effie told her dream, and Nursey thought it was very wonderful. But Mama smiled to see how curiously things the child had thought, read, heard, and seen through the day were mixed up in her sleep. The spirit said, I could work lovely miracles if I tried, but I don't know how to begin, for I have no magic candle to make feasts appear and light up groves of Christmas trees as he did, 
said Effie, a bit sorrowfully. Yes, you have. We will do it. We will do it. And clapping her hands, Mama suddenly began to dance all over the room as if she had lost her wits. How? How? You must tell me, Mama, cried Effie, dancing after her and ready to believe anything possible when she remembered the adventures of the past night. Mm, I've got it. I've got it. The new idea. Oh, and a splendid one. If I can only carry it out and Mama waltzed the little girl round till her curls flew wildly in the air while Nursie laughed as if she would die. Tell me, oh, tell me, shrieked Effie. Mm -mm, no, no, it's a surprise. Oh, and a grand surprise for Christmas Day, sung Mama, evidently charmed with her happy thought. Now come to breakfast, for we must work like bees if we want to play spirits tomorrow. You and Nursie will go out shopping and get heaps of things while I arrange matters behind the scenes. They were running downstairs as Mama spoke, and Effie called out breathlessly, It won't be a surprise, for I know you're going to ask some poor children here and have a tree or something, but it won't be like my dream, for they had ever so many trees and more children than we can find anywhere. Hmm. Well, there will be no tree. There will be no party and no dinner in this house at all. And no presents for you. Mm-hmm. Now, won't that be a surprise? And Mama laughed at Effie's bewildered face. Do it. I shall like it, I think. And I won't ask any questions, so it will all burst out upon me when the time comes, she said. And she ate her breakfast thoughtfully, for this really would be a new sort of Christmas. All that morning, Effie trotted after Nursie in and out of shops, buying dozens of barking dogs, woolly lambs, and squeaking birds, um, tiny tea sets, gay picture books, mittens and hoods, dolls and candy. Parcel after parcel was sent home, but when Effie returned, she saw no trace of them, though she peeped everywhere. Nursie chuckled, but she wouldn't give a hint, and she went out again in the afternoon with a long list of more things to buy. While Effie wandered forlornly about the house, missing the usual merry stir that went before the Christmas dinner and the evening fun. Now, as for Mama, she was quite invisible all day and came in at night so tired that she could only lie on the sofa to rest, smiling as if some very pleasant thought made her happy in spite of her weariness. Is the surprise going on all right? asked Effie anxiously, for it seemed an immense time to wait till another evening came. Mm, beautifully. Better than I expected, for several of my good friends are helping, or I couldn't have done as I wish. 
I know you will like it, dear, and long remember this, this new way of making Christmas merry. Mama gave her a very tender kiss, and Effie went to bed. The next day was a very strange one, for when she woke, there was no stocking to examine. Hmm. No pile of gifts under her napkin. No one said, Merry Christmas to her. And the dinner, well, it was just as usual to her. And Mama vanished again. And Nursie, why, she kept wiping her eyes and saying, The dear things, it's the prettiest idea I ever heard of. No one but your blessed Ma could have done it. Oh, do stop, Nursie, or I shall go crazy, because I don't know the secret, cried Effie. And she said it more than once. And she kept her eye on the clock, for at seven in the evening, the surprise was to come off. The longed-for hour arrived at last, and the child was too excited to ask questions when Nursie put on her cloak and hood, led her to the carriage, and they drove away, leaving their house, the one dark and silent one in the road. I feel, I feel like the girls in the fairy tales who are led off to strange places and see fine things, said Effie in a whisper as they jingled through the gay streets. <laughs> My dearie, it is like a fairy tale, I do assure you, and you will see finer things than most children will tonight. Now steady, do just as I tell you and don't say one word whatever you see, answered Nursie, quite quivering with excitement as she patted a large box in her lap and nodded and laughed with twinkling eyes. They drove into a dark yard and Effie was led through a back door to a little room where Nursie coolly proceeded to take off not only her cloak and her hood, but her dress and shoes also. Effie stared and bit her lips, but kept still until out of the box came a little white fur coat and boots and a wreath of holly leaves and berries and a candle with a frill of gold paper round it, a long, oh, escaped her then. And when she was dressed and saw herself in the glass, well, she started back, exclaiming, Why, Nursie, I look like the spirit in my dream. So you do. And that's the part you are to play, my pretty. Now, wait, while I blind your eyes and put you in your place. Shall I be afraid? whispered Effie, full of wonder. For as they went out, she heard the sound of many voices and the tramp of many feet. And in spite of the bandage was sure, a great light shone upon her when she stopped. 
No, you needn't be. I shall stand close by, and your ma will be there. After the handkerchief was tied about her eyes, Nursey led Effie up some steps and placed her on a high platform where something like leaves touched her head and the soft snap of lamps seemed to fill the air. Music began as soon as Nursey clapped her hands and the voices outside sounded nearer and the tramp of footsteps was evidently coming up the stairs. Now, my precious, you look and see how you and your dear ma have made a merry Christmas for them that needed it. Off went the bandage, and for a minute, Effie really did think she was asleep again, for she actually stood in a grove of Christmas trees, all gay and shining as in her vision, twelve on a side, in two rows down the room stood the little pines, each on its own low table. And behind Effie, a taller one rose to the roof, hung with wreaths of popcorn, apples, oranges, horns of candy, and cakes of all sorts, from sugary hearts to gingerbread jumbos. On the smaller trees, she saw many of her own discarded toys and those Nursie bought, as well as heaps that seemed to have rained down straight from that delightful Christmas country where she felt as if she was again. How splendid! Who is it for? Ooh, what is that noise? And where's Mama? cried Effie. She was pale with pleasure and surprise as she stood looking down the brilliant little street from her high place. Before Nursie could answer, the doors at the lower end flew open and in marched twenty-four little blue-gowned orphan girls singing sweetly until amazement changed the song to cries of joy and wonder as the shining spectacle appeared. While they stood staring with round eyes at the wilderness of pretty things about them, Mama stepped up beside Effie and holding her hand fast to give her courage, told the story of the dream in a few simple words, ending in this way. So, my little girl wanted to be a Christmas spirit too and make this a happy day for those who had not as many pleasures and comforts as she has. She likes surprises and we planned this for you all. She shall play the good fairy and give each of you something from this tree, after which everyone will find her own name on a small tree and can go and enjoy it in her own way. March by, my dears, and let us fill your hands.
Well, nobody told them to do it, but all the hands were clapped heartily before a single child stirred. And then, one by one, they came to look up wonderingly at the pretty giver of the feast as she leaned down to offer them great yellow oranges, red apples, bunches of grapes, bonbons and cakes, till all were gone. And a double row of smiling faces turned toward her as the children filed back to their places in the orderly way they had been taught. Then each was led to her own tree by the good ladies who had helped Mama with all their hearts. And the happy hubbub that arose would have satisfied even Santa Claus himself. Shrieks of joy, dances of delight, laughter and tears, for some tender little things could not bear so much pleasure at once and sobbed with mouths full of candy and hands full of toys. How they ran to show one another the new treasures, how they peeped and tasted, pulled and pinched until the air was full of queer noises, the floor covered with papers and the little trees all left bare all except the candles. I don't think heaven can be any gooder than this, sighed one small girl as she looked about her in a blissful maze, holding her full apron with one hand while she luxuriously carried sugar plums to her mouth with the other. Is that a truly angel up there? asked another fascinated by the little white figure with the wreath on its shining hair, who, in some mysterious way, had been the cause of all this merrymaking. I wish I dared to go and kiss her for this splendid party, said a lame child, leaning on her crutch as she stood near the steps, wondering how it seemed to sit in a mother's lap, as Effie was now doing, while she watched the happy scene before her. Now Effie heard her, and remembering Tiny Tim, Effie ran down and put her arms about the pale child, kissing the wistful face as she said sweetly, You may, but really, Mama deserves the thanks. She did it all. I only dreamed about it. Lame little Katie felt as if a truly angel was embracing her and could only stammer out her thanks while the other children ran to see the pretty spirit and touch her soft dress until she stood in a crowd of blue gowns laughing as they held up their gifts for her to see and admire. Mama leaned down and whispered, one word to the older girls, and suddenly they all took hands to dance round Effie, singing as they skipped. It was a pretty sight, and the ladies found it hard to break up the happy revel, but it was late for small people, and too much fun is a mistake. So the girls fell into line and marched before Effie and Mama again to say good night with such grateful little faces that the eyes of those who looked grew dim with tears. Mama 
kissed, every one, and many a hungry childish heart felt as if the touch of those tender lips was their best gift. And Effie, well, she shook so many small hands that her own tingled. And when Katie came, she pressed a small doll into Effie's hand, whispering, You didn't have a single present, and we had lots. Do keep that. It's the prettiest thing I got. Oh, oh, I will, answered Effie, and held it fast until the last smiling face was gone, the surprise all over, and she, safe in her own bed, too tired and happy for anything but sleep. Mama, it was a beautiful surprise, and I thank you so much. I don't see how you ever did it, but I like it best of all the Christmases I ever had, and I mean to make one every year. I had my big splendid present, and here, here is a dear little one to keep for love of poor Katie. So even that part of my wish came true. And Effie fell asleep with a happy smile on her lips, her one humble gift still in her hand, and a new love for Christmas in her heart that never changed through a long life spent in doing good. Good night.